You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Good morning. Thank you, Nikki. That one of my best friends. You know when your when your best friends says public good things about you that it's probably true because they really know you. <laughs> they really know you on your worst day. So it's so beautiful. It means a lot. Good morning, Revive the World family. Happy Mother's Day. So beautiful to see some some faces. Got the worship team here this morning. It's great to actually interact with people. I'm such a people person. Um, I've been noticing that quarantine has taken an effect on me because when I get around people now, because I'm not by myself, um, I still talk out loud to myself as I'm doing things, you know? Because when you're an outward processor and you're a people person, you're an extrovert, you know, to survive in quarantine, you, um, it really doesn't have anything to do with a disinfectant. It has everything to do with talking to yourself, keeping yourself company, being your best friend. So as I'm doing stuff around the house, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go here. I got to get my shoe, got to get my sock. I'm going to write this down. That's a pretty color. You know, I'm just, I'm having a full-blown conversation with myself. So now I have actual people here, and I'm getting my music sheets. I'm like, well, where's that? I need to highlight this. Where's my pen at? And, I, and you know, I'm still doing it. So now I have real friends with me, so that's great. Um, in all honesty, with everything that's going on, um, which is crazy, craziness going on, um, I have been able to find some really, really beautiful moments with Jesus and closeness with him in this season. So, you know, as believers, we we learn to, to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And so, you know, as all this is going on, we're rejoicing for the good that we see God doing in the earth still because he's doing so much good. When there is darkness, when there's great darkness, when when darkness comes, you know, the light shines the brightest. There's goodness that God is still doing in the earth, but we still mourn with those who mourn. And it's been beautiful to see the good come out of all this too and what God is doing amongst it all because he's so faithful and that's who he is. We want to celebrate our mothers today. Being a mother is the wildest craziest, hardest, most fulfilling opportunity of my life. And the, the, the awesome thing about motherhood, about mothering, is you actually don't have to have a physical child to mother well. And so we want to celebrate our women today. Because on Mother's Day, we want to celebrate all of you who have helped us mother our children well by being good mothers to us, by being good friends. You know, as women, we actually were, were created in, in the image of God, in his likeness. And so there's a piece of God's heart, the feminine piece of God's heart, and he chose to represent that through woman. And so you as a woman actually represent the mother heart of God to the earth. And so as a woman, you get to mother well. And, and so I want to thank you this morning, um, you know, the women of Revive, our family, and other women tuning in for mothering our communities well, for, for mothering this church family well. And you guys are so important, and what you do is so important. So I just want to celebrate all of our women today. I know that... Um, sometimes on Mother's Day, uh, it can be it can be a hard day for people who want to have children and haven't been able to. People who have lost children, you know, I've experienced that, and um, I, I want to tell you today that that you can experience joy that will heal every sorrow in your heart that you've ever felt. It will completely remove sorrow, and you'll be filled with joy. And we're gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about that today too. 
And I want to celebrate you. We love you. We see you. We rejoice with you in your rejoicing. We mourn with you in your mourning. And today we're going to celebrate our women because we deserve it. <laughs> right? Can I get an amen, ladies? Can I get an amen from the back? Amen. <laughs> and all the husbands said, amen. You know, the funny thing about when you're a kid, your mom is like the fiercest, most terrifying being alive. <laughs> you see, and women, we, we, we represent the tenderness of God, the, the comforter. We represent Holy Spirit in the earth. There's a lot of people who love the power of the Holy Spirit, but they're not empowering the women in their church, and so they're never going to experience the fullness of the Trinity because the Holy Spirit is represented in the woman. And if women don't step into their place, we'll never fully experience the Trinity in its fullness in our services, in our lives. But the cool thing about being a woman is that we represent the comforter, we represent the tenderness of God, but we represent the fierceness of his love. <laughs> because I can attest that when I was little, my mom, she was the fiercest, most terrifying being that I've ever laid eyes on. And I truly believed, even into my teenage years, that like my little mom, she's like five foot nothing. And I really believe that I could go walking on a dark alley and if like somebody was gonna mug us, my mom would kill them. <laughs> I, I would, like when I was with my mom, I was not afraid because she was the scariest thing I had ever experienced in my life. <laughs> the fierceness of a mother is not to be messed with. And we get to carry that as women, you know? We are tender, we are, we are comforting, we get to share that piece of our heart, but we also are fierce and strong and powerful. And that's to be celebrated inside of women too. Not just the tender, not just the compassion, the fierceness and the strength inside of women. You guys are fierce and strong. Right? So, there's this beautiful, beautiful video um, of all of these women. They're lined up, and they have blindfolds. Or they don't have blindfolds on. All these women are lined up, about eight of them. And then one by one, each of their children come out, one at a time, with a blindfold on. And they go, and, the, and the, each woman, like, bends down. And the children, like, grabs their hands and touches their face and, and leans in. To, to smell them and feel them. And each child is able to, they take off their blindfold when they find their mom. And the, the moms don't say anything. Each child comes and they just, they know the way their mom smells. They know, the, they know what it feels like to be in the presence of fierce love. They don't have to use their eyes to see to understand, to comprehend the fierce love that enters the room. When they're with this fierce love, they know it, it's familiar. It's what guarded them, it's what comforted them, it's what rocked them through the night. When they were sick, when they were tired, when they, when they needed healing, it's the fierce love that was with them in the night. Holy Spirit wants to show himself as that to you today. The fierce love that, that sits with you. Oh, we know Jesus as friend. We know Jesus, the anointed one. Holy Spirit wants to show himself to you today as fierce love. Fierce love. That you would know Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not just a, like a floaty, ghosty thing. It's not just like a misty meadow, misty, foggy bliss. There's a personhood of Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and I want to know what he, what he smells like, and I want to know what it feels like when he's 
when Holy Spirit comes into the room, I, I want to know, I want to be able to pick Holy Spirit out of a lineup of all of the counterfeits of his, of fierce love. Because it's not just God and Jesus and then, and then all the feels that we bring called Holy Spirit. It's not just God and Jesus and all the tingles that we bring when we're in the room, and that's Holy Spirit. The, the personhood of Holy Spirit wants to be made known this morning. In you, through you, beside you. Because listen, ladies, we were, we, were, we were made in that image. And we're supposed to represent that image in the earth. So if we never truly encounter the personhood of Holy Spirit, how can we do that? How can we be the bride in the earth if we never learn to encounter the personhood of Holy Spirit, the feminine heart of God? so very beautiful. I want to know the fullness of the Trinity because right now the fullness of the Trinity has locked eyes with me. It's engaged with me on all sides, from the inside out, from the outside in, inside me, through me, upon me. I don't want to leave any part untasted unexperienced, unencountered. Today, I, I want to talk about the importance of not just love. We put a lot of, we put a lot of emphasis on love because it's very important. It's, it's what Jesus said that the most important commandment was it wrapped the whole law up in the in the one thing love the lord your god with all your heart love your neighbor as yourself right we know this but what i don't want to get confused which i have been in the past is that love is the most important thing to become because love it says that It says in Romans 14, 7, that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy. So if the kingdom of, of God is made up of righteousness, peace, and joy, then we're going to miss a whole aspect of the kingdom of God if we don't tap into the importance of what joy is, if we don't tap into the importance of what peace is. And, and, and the point that I want to really, to really represent to you today is that love is not this, is not, um, joy is not something that's subpar to love. Peace is not something that's subpar to joy. The, it's actually a package deal. And it's interesting that we see God, God is love. We see him as love. And then we see Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He was anointed with the oil of gladness. And we see Jesus Christ, shalom. He is our peace. In Ephesians 2.14, it says, for he himself is our peace. And we also, we also see in 1 Peter 4, 13 through 14, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God, oh no, hold on, 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, you also become imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we see God as love, we see Jesus as our peace, and we see Holy Spirit as our joy. So if we're going to be fully engaged with the Trinity in every moment as we were created in our divine design to do, 
the cross, you know, it, it redeemed us. It, it set us back to as if all of that, it, it put us back to where the garden started. But now he has residency inside of us, so we actually have the power that we need to live a life of righteousness. Okay? We actually have everything we need because he dwells inside of us, like it says in Corinthians 3.16. You know, do you not know that you're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit? You're not, you're a dwell, the Spirit of God dwells in you, right? He dwells in us. So if I want to be fully engaged as he, he created me in my divine design to do, fully engaged with God the Father, Jesus the Son, Holy Spirit. Then love, joy, and peace, I need to be engaged with them in every moment of every day. I need to wake up engaged. Fully giving Holy Spirit, giving God the Father, giving Jesus full access to my entire being in every moment. And that looks like love. Love, a lot, what I've done a lot in my life is, is attributed love and dumbed it down to an emotion that I feel, something I feel in a moment. But, but love has nothing to do with how I feel. It actually is a state of being. The same with joy. I've attributed joy and attached it to my emotion that says, this is, this is something that I have to feel for it to be true in my life. But joy actually has nothing to do with how, how I feel. It is not circumstantial. Joy is a state of being. Because joy is a person. He, in, in Ephesians, like I said, for he himself is our peace, shalom. Jesus himself. When I'm fully engaged with God, then I'm fully engaged with peace. When I'm fully engaged with Jesus, peace is actually a state of being for me. I wake up engaged with the man, peace. I wake up engaged with the God love. I wake up engaged with Holy Spirit, my joy. And it actually becomes my state of being that I don't rely on my circumstance or um, people's behavior around me or how I'm feeling moment to moment. That does not disrupt my state of being. And that's how I believe that. And Jesus, Jesus was a perfect example of, of what our life in our, in, in our divine design can look like, should look like. He was anointed with joy. Let's, let's, let's jump into to joy here. Hebrews 1.9. You love righteousness. There, this is referring to Jesus. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Because, therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore. We want to see joy manifested as laughter, but really joy manifested looks like righteousness. That's the greatest manifestation of joy. It looks like righteousness. Because joy is a state of being, and if we want to be fully engaged with joy, then righteousness needs to manifest in our lives. And we see that here with Jesus. The awesome part about that is that a lot of times it feels like laughter. A lot of times it feels when, when you're fully engaged with joy, something happens to my whole being. When I'm fully engaged with joy, something happens and, and I get happy. But my, ha my joy is not circumstantial to, to my feeling of happiness. It says in the, in the Bible that Jesus was a man of many sorrows. We see in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
Gethsemane. <laughs> you know what that garden is called. Don't play. <laughs> we see him. He, 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 he's, he's a man of many sorrows. He understands our sorrows. But he also was anointed. He was anointed with joy above all of his companions. He was the most joy-filled man that ever walked the earth. But he was also a man of many sorrows. How can that be? Because he was able to feel and he was able to mourn and he was able to health, he was able to in a healthy way experience human emotion but never leave his state of being of joy. Because joy was a state of being that was upon him and it was inside of him. And so even though he felt pain and he felt disappointment and he felt sorrow for what was to come, he was surrendered in joy. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It was for the joy that was set before him. It's, it, it's, a, it's a hard thing to think about the most agonizing death happening to you and think about it in a state of joy. There's something supernatural about that. Sometimes my state of being joy-filled is determined on whether or not my parking space is close enough to the grocery store so that I can get a cart before they're gone. So what that is telling me in my life is that I have not tapped into being fully engaged with, with Jesus, my shalom, that my state of being is affected by my environment that I'm choosing to be a part of most of the time. But you know what happens when I decide, okay, let's, let's walk through this. Okay, right now my, this situation is terrible and I do not feel good about it. Everything inside of my body wants to cry and break down and just rock myself in the corner. So, um, Jesus, can, can, can I be fully engaged with you in this moment? My shalom, my peace. What if we started doing that instead of calling somebody else to pray us through? What if we start fully engaging ourselves with our peace. I believe that when I put that into practice in my life, then I start to walk in my state of being. My environment inside of me is shalom, peace, is Jesus inside of me. I am the dwelling place. I am, I am an inhabited temple of the anointed one, Jesus. So where I go, his shalom is with me. And it doesn't just make me feel good. It actually gets out on people where I go. It actually leaks onto people. I had this dream the other night, and I think it was prophetic. Maybe Owen can give me more insight, but I'm just thinking about it, so I'm going to say it. I had this dream where I had yes tattooed across my thigh. And I was walking, and I was like, whoa, look at this big yes, everybody. And I'm walking around like, what does this mean? And I hear this voice, it's your yes to Jesus. And I'm like, yes, it is. And everywhere I walked, when my foot would hit the ground, John 3.16 would shoot out of my foot, and it would hit the ground, and all the letters would run around like they were alive and living. Like, for God so loved the world that he gave. And it was just going and running after people. And everywhere I would step into different environments, I'd step with my yes to Jesus, and poof, the word would get out. <laughs> the word would get out. 
That's what happens when we're fully engaged with Jesus. Shalom gets out wherever we go. When we're fully engaged with Holy Spirit, our joy, joy gets out wherever we go. When we're fully engaged with our Father and everything that's important to us starts and finishes with his idea and perspective and thoughts on it. Love gets out wherever we go. Because our love is not tied to how we feel. It's tied to a state of being a person, the personhood of God. It's, it, it is my state of being, okay? You get what I'm saying? I'm getting pumped because it's truth, and truth is setting people free this morning. I said before that the greatest manifestation of joy is righteousness. You see that again in Isaiah 32, 17 for my Bereans who just want to be like, give me some facts. The work of righteousness will be peace. We see that righteousness. It, there is, don't associate manifestations just with with goosebumps and rolling on the floor and yelling and hollering and feeling good in a moment. That's all great, and I love it, and I do it with the best of them, and I love those moments with Jesus. I live for I live for it, but I live for him. And what, and, and, and knowing him, and if my lifestyle when I get up off the floor doesn't look any different than when I got down, then I don't want to get on the floor anymore because it's not doing anything. It's not bringing any transformation. When we get down on the floor, God's doing something inside of us. So the, the, the manifestation of the Godhead inside of me should look like righteousness. It should look like a lifestyle of worship in every moment. Not just a, a fun feeling and experience that I have with him. It's manifested through a lifestyle of worship, through, through my desires and my behaviors looking like righteousness. Looking like Jesus. He loved righteousness and hated wickedness. And therefore he was anointed with the oil of joy. Colossians 3.15. This is the NIV. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. I love thankfulness. It's, it's helping transform my mind. It's helping transform my life. It's such a beautiful tool. But I'm not talking about that today. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let me say this. Control is not peace. A lot of times I'm grabbing when I feel anxious, when I feel scared. I want to try to control as many things as I can to help me get my peace back. But that's not actual peace. When my peace is tied to being able to control my surroundings and whether or not things turn out good for me, then my really peace doesn't reign here. Let peace rule in your heart. Let it rule. Let peace tell you how you feel. Let peace, shalom, Jesus. Let peace tell you who you are going to be. Not how you feel. And I think it's interesting here. As I read this, it was almost like I heard and saw Jesus doing something. It says, since as members of one body you were called to peace. You are called to peace. Peace. Peace to you. How many times we hear Jesus say that in our life? I don't think it was just pretty words to make people feel better. He was actually releasing <laughs> shalom. Jesus, our peace. I want, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John 20. 
I'm going to read John 20, 19. Now just track with me here because I think that this is something that's really cool. So let's go ahead and read here at night 20 at 19. Okay, Jesus, the cross has already happened. Um, the cross has already happened, and this is Jesus, one of his first appearances to the disciples after the cross. And this is what happens. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, because at this point they have a whole lot of faith that Jesus is coming back. <laughs> they're locked up and they, they're scared. Jesus came and stood among them, stood among them in all of their fear. And he said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. He shouted it. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's very interesting that as they received the Holy Spirit, Jesus gave them a lesson in forgiveness. Your state of being in joy, the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to forgive somebody. Some of us need to let go of some things. Some of us need to forgive ourselves. It isn't a coincidence that as soon as he, they received the Holy Spirit, he taught them what it looked like to forgive well because they were about to come into some people that are going to need their forgiveness. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Now let's go back to this other verse. Colossians 3.15, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And when I saw that, when I usually read it, I'm like, we're called to peace. It's my calling as a child of God. I'm going to get my peace out, and I'm going to poke people with my peace sword. But it, 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 it's not like this mystical calling out there. I, I believe that it, it is an, an invitation into peace. But in, in the same way, not just an invitation into peace, but actually into himself, Jesus, shalom, our peace. He's actually releasing himself. We're a dwelling place of the spirit of God. So Jesus' residency inside of us, right? He actually released peace into us through himself. I and you, you and me. Do you see what I'm saying here? When he, we were called by God. We were called. He called to us. He called us up into peace. Step into peace and never leave it. Step into me and never leave me. As I step into you and will never leave you or forsake you, my peace be with you. Isn't that a beautiful picture? of Jesus, our peace. And it gives me a whole new perspective of how to stay engaged with peace and live in a state of being of peace because all I have to do is be engaged with Jesus. I just want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, 6 because it's worth just staring at these words. This is in the NIV, but I bet you it's good in all translations because the Bible is good and it does the same work in all the translations. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine on our hearts. Hold on, my ink's all messed up, so I'm going to have to turn to it. 
Second Corinthians four six. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Oh, I read five, but it's good too. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in your hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. That's what Christ means, right? The anointed one. If I want to be fully engaged with God, with Jesus, my peace, if I want that to be my state of being, then all I have to do is look into the face of Jesus, the anointed one. It's where the glory of God is shown upon. And not only is the glory of of God shown upon Jesus' face, now he took up residency inside of me. 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with unveiled face beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So not, I, as I behold him, as looking in a mirror, the glory of God on Jesus' face in his eyes, I actually become something. I actually start to look like something. How I want to be engaged with Jesus. You know, when you look up the meaning of shalom, it not only means peace, but it also means wholeness and completeness. When we, when we actually are engaged with Jesus, we're engaged with peace, we're actually engaged with wholeness. The person of wholeness, the person who brings wholeness, he did everything that he ever needed to do for us to have complete wholeness. So not only is, am I engaged with peace and I'm in a state of being of peace, but I'm actually also engaged with wholeness in this moment. And I can just lean back in the wholeness and experience everything that wholeness paid for. I don't have to do a thing. When I become aware, when, my, when I become aware of what I have access to through the truth of God's word, I am set free from lies that say I can't. That's why it says it's the truth that sets us free. When we come into the knowledge of the truth, then we can lean back and let the truth do its work in us. <coughs> Nikki had such a beautiful um, teaching on Wednesday, was it Wednesday? Was it this Wednesday? So beautiful about rest. We don't, we can't do a thing. We'll probably mess it up if we do it in our strength anyways. We'll get tired and we'll get sweaty and it won't be a good look. He does the work. The cross did the full work. And when I, when I see that truth come off the page, that he's not only fighting my battles with his peace, when I'm fully engaged with his peace, he's not only sending the enemy running, sending fear running with his peace, he's also bringing complete wholeness to my mind, body, and, and heart just by me looking into the face of Jesus, just by me leaning back into the wholeness that he already did the work for. He already did the work. It's not about saying a mantra and binding and loosening and all of those things until I feel better. When you are in a state, when peace becomes your state of being, you're asleep when the storm hits because it does not change what's inside of you. You lean back. 
even harder into peace when the storm comes. Lean with it. <laughs> Lean back into peace. Come on. I really believe that's what Jesus wants to be for us today. And just a whole new awareness of what that looks like. A lot of times, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I think, when I'm reading the Bible, I love to study. I love to find cool stuff and try to believe that nobody else has found it. And I'm just like, Jesus, you know me and we're so cool and you share stuff, secrets with me. We're so close. Um, I love to do that with Jesus. I love to get into the word. I love to, to look up the Greek and Hebrew meanings of, word and, of words in the Bible and get a deeper understanding of the culture and so I can understand the character of God even more. I love that. But a lot of times I can operate out of a, a, a mode of perfection, of desiring perfection over just intimacy and relationship. And when I'm fully engaged with Jesus and looking into his eyes, he doesn't long for perfection. He just longs to be with me. He just longs for me to just sit back and relax and to lean into what he's already done that, so that I don't have to work for it. Just to lean into him. And this is what I'm not saying, is that I'm going to live a life just sitting on my couch with my feet up. There's actually going to be a lot of hard physical work that I do in obedience to the Father. I'm going to get sweaty, and I'm going to get overwhelmed, and I'm going to get stressed out because life happens. But I can carry peace with me wherever I go, and I can lean into it even harder when the storm hits. I don't have to freak out and have a mental breakdown and get burned out like other people do. There's no condemnation for people who are experiencing that, but this is what this truth is about. I don't have to get burned out because I'm going too hard with Jesus. I'm going to go harder. I'm going to go longer. I'm going to go farther with Jesus, and I'm not going to get burned out or tapped out because these truths are here so that we can be sustainable lifestyles of worship. It's sustainable with him. But when I try to earn and succeed and achieve and do it all in my own strength without learning how to lean back into what he already paid for, that's when I'll get burnt out and I'll get tired and, and, and I'll, I'll confuse true rest. I'll get it all confused. Am I making sense? He already paid for my wholeness. Listen, that whole thing of perfectionism will only get, will only bring shame. And shame doesn't, it's time that we stop thinking thoughts that have never been in the mind of God about us. I, I've spent a lot of my life meditating on thoughts that have never been in the mind of God about me. So whose mind did it come out of? It didn't come out of my mind because I have the mind of Christ. So where did the thought come from? It came from the, the mind of the father of lies. So if I'm meditating on the thoughts that come from the father of lies, then I am allowing the, 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 the father of lies to dictate my future, to dictate my decision making, to dictate the choices that I make. If it could be in the mind of the father of lies, it is not in the heart of the father for you. If you could say something that could come from the enemy to hurt you, it is not in the mind of the father for you. So that's how you can decipher. And if you have those thoughts that you're thinking on, I want you to throw them back to where they came from. This is from the father of lies, but you are not my master anymore. Because I'm no longer a slave to you. I'm actually a daughter. And my father thinks good thoughts about me. His good thoughts about me outnumber the sand on the seashores.
It's not about perfectionism. Just like shalom, and that means wholeness and completeness. In the same way, the Greek, the Greek word in the verse, um, you know, be holy, just like your father in heaven is holy. That word, teleos, it actually means whole. Be whole, just as your father is whole. Sweetie, be whole. You were made just like me. Be whole. Be whole just like your father. You were designed to be whole like me, honey. You were designed to be whole. And a lot of times we look at that and like, okay, what's the steps to holiness? Give me the steps. Where's the Bible study? Where's the YouTube course and the podcast? I need Monday, this is what I'm going to do. Tuesday, by the end of the year, I'm going to be just shining like Moses. <laughs> I'm going to come out of quarantine like, look upon the face of the Holy One. <laughs> Shield your eyes. Holiness is not about perfection. It's actually about Jesus. It's actually about the personhood of Jesus inside of me, a dwelling place. He's inside of me. And so I actually become whole because he is whole. He paid for my wholeness. I lean back into wholeness by engaging, looking at the face of Jesus, <laughs> being fully engaged with Jesus, being fully engaged with my father, being fully engaged with the complete trinity in every moment. I wake up in wholeness. I go to sleep in wholeness. And when things that are broken come to me because they will be attracted to the wholeness that is upon me and inside of me, I am not confused from the father of lies that says that is for me. My wholeness actually is being, uh, being em emulated into the earth and it's going to attract broken things. But as they come, my wholeness gets on them, and their brokenness does not get on me. In the old covenant, dirty things made you dirty when you touched them. In the new covenant, my, clean, my cleanliness gets on you, however you say the right grammar. You used to not, people used to have to walk through the streets, unclean, unclean, unclean. You didn't touch them. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. All the church people didn't touch dirty things because it wasn't holy. Now we go and we get our holy touch on people. Because it's not just me who touches them. It's the Jesus inside of me who touches them. And the wholeness that's inside of me brings people into wholeness. It calls them into peace. It calls them into joy. It calls them into wholeness, into perfection, the perfection of Jesus, what the cross paid for. That's so exciting, especially in the time that we're in. People want to use wisdom. People don't want to get anybody sick. Listen, when you carry, you carry your convictions. You walk in the obedience of Jesus. Because my wholeness will make people whole. But if I walk frayed into the grocery store, I'm not going to touch nobody. I'm not going to give nobody a word, and I'm not going to release any peace anywhere. Because peace is not my state of being. Fear has become my state of being. And I'm spitting everywhere because I'm excited. Because there's going to be a lot of people who are upset about this, but it's the truth. It is the truth. And I will stand on truth even if I look like a lunatic. When you realize what the cross actually paid for, you can actually see it manifested in your life, the truth of it. The truth will set people free. And so many times, even me, myself, I've dumbed down what the truth of the Bible says because I was afraid to look foolish to the people in the, in the world. People who don't know God. But how will they ever be free if I'm afraid to tell the truth? How will they ever experience wholeness if I'm afraid to let wholeness, lean back into wholeness in times of stress and struggle and pandemics? Be whole, for your Father in heaven is whole, complete in all its parts. 
That's what that word holy means in that verse. Complete in all my parts. I am complete in all my parts. In my mind, in my body. And you know what? I will believe it until I see it manifest in my reality. And I am not afraid to be in the waiting. And I am not afraid to look like a fool in the waiting. Because I know it to be true. I believe that when, when, we, when we take this, this truth of God, God is love and Jesus, my peace and Holy Spirit, my joy. When I'm fully engaged with you and they, they dwell on the inside of me. And so, and so it says that, that he inhabits the praises of his people. And he inhabits the temple, my temple. And so listen, praise is not just a worship song. Praise is actually a lifestyle. So as I worship him with my life, he inhabits the praises. He inhabits the good work that I do in the earth. He inhabits the words that I speak because it's worship to him. The breath that I breathe is worship to him and he inhabits it. So peace gets out as I'm walking through the grocery store because I'm walking as worship to the Lord. I'm walking in every breath. This is worship to you, Jesus. I'm fully engaged with you right now in this moment. My hair's a mess. I don't got my makeup on. My kid's screaming in the cart, but I'm fully engaged with Jesus, my peace. (laughs) everyone's telling me to get my kids and calm down, but I'm releasing the peace of God. And all of a sudden, when people start to get close to me, they start going like this. And they want to get a little closer. Because there's something inside of me that's calling out to them. It's calling them into peace, calling them into wholeness calling them into joy, not just for a moment, not just for an experience, but for a lifestyle, but for a life centered, a life centered in joy in the Trinity. Love, joy, peace. I go to sleep in it. I wake up in it. I take a nap in it. I drive my car in it. I brush my teeth and I'm fully engaged with the Trinity sing a song to my kids and I'm fully engaged with the Trinity. I'm making dinner and I'm fully engaged with the Trinity. (laughs) I'm having an argument with my husband and I'm fully engaged with the Trinity. (laughs) I'm watching TV and I'm fully engaged with the Trinity. You know, when you're fully engaged with the Trinity, your schedule's open to him. When I'm fully engaged with Jesus, when he says, hey, come a little closer, I'm like, yes. I need it. (laughs) Hey, turn that down. I have something to say. Yes, I hear you. Hey, turn that off. I want to speak to you. Stop singing. Yes, I hear you. Hey, put the food down. Stop eating. I want to talk to you. I hear you. Hey, don't don't, leave the meeting. I need to talk to you. Okay, I hear you. Put the coffee down. Take that off the schedule. I want to be with you. We are available to him when we're engaged because we hear him and we need him. And we love him. I love you guys so much. I love you guys so much. And my heart longs for the truth of who God is to be revealed inside of you. So that when you look in the mirror, you see joy. You see Jesus looking back at you. When you look in the mirror, you don't see faults, you don't see shame, you don't see what could be, you see what he already paid for in you. I know that's what Jesus wants for you today. What I want to do is, I want us, I know you guys are at home, so what do you, it's just a better place to really get with Jesus. 
But I just want to invite him to, to be engaged with us. And I want to pray over you as we do that. And so even though you're at home, could you just get your body in a posture to, to receive him? To receive him, to be engaged with him, whatever that looks like for you. And people who are here in the building, whatever that looks like for you. Because I really believe that, that he's going to engage us in a way that we haven't experienced yet. And w- partnered with this truth, we're going to be able to encounter him in, in a new way that's actually going to set a, pre- a precedent for the rest of our lives. That it's n- no longer going to be a working up to or a praying into or an atmosphere that needs to be set for it. But we're actually going to live and breathe and release every moment, wherever we go, the Trinity fully engaged with us and all the goodness that comes with that. So I'm going to pray right now, Jesus. Jesus, the anointed one. Oh, how I love you. Oh, how I need you. Would you be fully engaged with your children this morning? Jesus, we look into your eyes. We gaze into your eyes and we see our whole future. We see our moment to moment. Thank you for never losing interest, never missing us looking back at you, always waiting, always being fully engaged moment to moment. When we wake up, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, waiting for us to turn our eyes toward you, waiting for us to clear our schedule, waiting for us to turn the music down and listen, waiting for us to just engage with you, God, spirit to spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for in this moment, the awareness of what it's like to be fully engaged with Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, our peace right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what great teacher you are. Oh, my joy, my joy, my joy. When I found my joy, it was found in you. You actually took the place inside of me where joy needed to be filled. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Would you be fully, thanks for being fully engaged with us right now in this moment and in every moment. Thanks that your attention is always on us. Would you reveal your personhood, Jesus, to your children? Would you reveal your personhood, Holy Spirit, to your children? Right now in this moment, as people are standing at home, kneeling at home, would you reveal your personhood, Holy Spirit? You're not just tingles, that you're not just laughter, but the personhood of your heart, Holy Spirit. We want to know what you smell like and, and what you feel like when you wrap your arms around us. We don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss you. Would you take your rightful place on the inside of us? Would you take your rightful place on the inside of us? Would you, would you rip out every cord that we have connected to your, your personhood, to how we feel, our emotions? And would you re-engage with us as who you are and who you've always intended for us to know you as, Holy Spirit? That fierce love. Tender, tender care and comfort and power.
hands, look at your eyes, Father. We want to memorize what they look like, Father God. How does your hair feel in our hands? What does your hand feel like pressed against my back as you lean over me and bring me in closer, Father God? What's the aroma that fills the room when you enter? back into the wholeness that you paid for on the cross, Jesus. I lean back and give it access to every part of my being. Wholeness, my divine design in you. The truth of that revelation would destroy every lie about my identity from the father of lies. Every lie that says what I am that you never said. Jesus, I thank you that we go, when we go to sleep tonight, we'll go to sleep fully engaged. When we wake up, we'll wake up fully engaged in you. And our coming and our going will be fully engaged in you. We sing, I'll make room for you, but, but will we? Will, have we made room? Have we made room? But I make room for you to be you fully in me. Thanks for direction in this moment, God, so that we can live in obedience to what that looks like. And when he speaks, he'll speak to your heart. It doesn't have to look like what other people look like. You do what you hear God say. Love you, Jesus. Love you so much. Thanks for being present with each one, fully engaged. I bless what you're doing, God. I bless everyone who sees this. Bless the work that you're doing inside of them as they lean back into you and rest. May we, may we be stronger than ever before, hope-filled like never before, joy-filled like never before, completely saturated in your love. Unafraid, unashamed. Give you all the glory, Jesus. Amen. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We cannot wait to see you in person, to be with you to encounter Jesus with you, to have loads of fun. We love you guys. Is it when, when, what, what Sunday is it? Sunday the 24th is when we're going to restart our services. 
Can't wait. Love you guys. And I will see you Wednesday at 6.30 if you tune in. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.